Welcome to the show. I'm Chris Potter, broadcasting from Peterborough, Ontario, Canada. We're going to be talking about mental health. I am an out bipolar with anxiety and ADD. Our guests will be discussing their mental health challenges, their experiences, and their coping mechanisms. The skills they've gained and hopefully give you, the listener, some insights or new perspectives that might help you through the day. There are no rules and nothing is off limits. And now, we're talking. Right. And today we are talking with Eileen Kimmett of Peterborough, somebody that uh, I have uh, crossed paths with or, or at least the last 12 or 14 years, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Kids in school, um, mutual school for, for our children. And uh, Eileen is someone who is loud and proud about her struggles and her um, challenges. And uh, before we even started the, the show, we were talking a little bit about stigma and coming out, and I think it's an important piece to this. So I'm going to introduce Eileen, and we're talking. Hello. Good to see you. Hi. Yeah, good to see you too. I'm glad we're actually doing this. This is the first one where I'm doing one face-to-face with someone, because okay. yesterday's episode, or uh, the last yeah, episode yeah, yeah, yeah. I did over Skype, it was kind of a weird thing, but uh, uh, doing it in person, yeah. I think it's kind of cool. So here we are. Um, and you wanted to talk about coming out. Yeah. Um, that actually was one of the best things I ever did. Um it was September, it was actually September 10th, and that's actually World Suicide Day, and that, and I didn't even plan it that way. It, it was just during that week, I felt like I need to talk publicly about my depression. At that time, I had a, a major, major, major battle for two years, and it was, even though with medication and everything else, it was awful if you're in the lowest of lows, like I... I wouldn't even wish it on anybody, but that was actually the start of the journey of healing from that one, which took a very, very, very long time to get better. And that, what a lot of people don't know, is that included cleaning up the whole house, which was, it was a disaster. Like, it, it was, you wouldn't have anybody over, but it was a slow progress for that. And um, and it also allowed us to, you know, look at my family history and then look at my own history with depression and nowadays with the anxiety piece to it as well. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a more, it was nerve wracking to say the least, but, uh, it was one of the best, it was a relief and it was one of the best things I ever did. Was there anybody around you that, uh, had identified this and talked to you about it prior to you recognizing that, that it was a problem? Um, or did, was it sort of swept under the rug, like typically? It, growing up and leading up to this one, I mean, it, there was no support or there wasn't even anything mental health back um, when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s. If you were had anxiety attacks in school and couldn't do a presentation, people would make fun of you. But it was fairly unknown and... It was what it was, and we've moved on, hopefully, for the better and, um, with stuff like that. But I always thought it was normal um, to get really sad. And, you know, I did stay in my room or go to bed early. Like, there, were, all the symptoms were there, but I had no support. Um, but nobody even knew what it was, really. No, yeah. no. It was get it. Get over it. Get, you know. Right, right. You know, get up, get, get out of bed. bed you'll be fine. Yeah. Come on, buck up, camper. Yeah, yeah. You'll be fine. Like yeah, yeah, there was exactly. a lot of that growing up. For sure. 
Um, <clears throat> even, or why, why are you so nervous? Why are you worrying? Like I would worry about days if I forgot one, if, I had a library book that was overdue and I worried myself sick for this overdue library book and how much I had to pay. And in my head, I was thinking I'd get kicked out, yelled at or whatever. It was a five cent uh, overdue fee for a week overdue because I forgot to return it. But yeah, the stress and the, that's the anxiety end of it. But, um, so it's always been there. Um, and then, then you go through phases where you feel better and it's not always in the summer or time that you're better. It can be any time of the year. I did have uh, postpartum depression with my daughter. We noticed that uh, one of the first things we noticed was I would lie on the couch. Um, and then though it was postpartum depression in hindsight, we know that, but my iron and vitamin D levels were low. And as soon as I took some extra vitamins, I felt better. Um, so there were a lot of cycles like that with the SAD and, but nothing, I think this was the 2014 to 2016, 17. That was the worst I ever had. Um, and you've been addressing it hard yeah. prior to that. Yeah. I mean, you, you've been working incredibly yeah. hard on your, on your physical health, your mental health, yeah. eating right, doing all the right yeah. things, exercising. And still struggled immensely yeah. Yeah. with with a significant problem. Yeah, um, I did. I do want to admit that in grade twelve, I, I did have a really really deep depression, which I didn't know about. Um, and I did uh, self harm. I would smash my wrist against the wall, um, but that was the only time I did that a few times. And was the principal actually called me into the office and found out about it? And that was I think that was the end of that. But she, there were people out there that were caring. But I would hide it from, I hid it from everybody else. So I don't think anybody else knew because you would get made fun of. But uh, that. Sure, you're weird. Yeah, it's, yeah. it was like a, the release. So if I do hear people talking about that, I, you kind of have an idea of, yeah, you want to release all that stuff inside you. You, you don't want to be like that. Sure, why would you? Yeah, it's just. But then, but then it becomes part of your natural progression. Yeah. I mean, I talked to you yesterday, we were talking to an alcoholic and, yeah. you know, the things that he was doing were just crazy when you look at them yeah. and uh but as, as far as he was concerned it was perfectly normal it's just the way i live my day yeah. i i i am i am also aware of that living the day and then looking back on it and thinking how messed up it was yeah. and and not having any clue when you're in the middle of it because yeah. your body's telling you that mostly this is normal and your chemicals are yeah. saying you're no you're fine yeah. this is yeah. fine um you, you mentioned um just adding some vitamins and and minerals yeah. and um i know personally for myself uh i take a lot less clonazepam when i'm taking magnesium or magnesium okay. citrate was there any other little trick ones that you found we're just, um, and we're going to bounce around a lot because well, the yeah. add for sure so. yeah no no i can actually follow you because after when you mentioned that i'm like and my kids have two of them have adhd and the oldest has asperger's and then two of the, the oldest definitely has diagnosis of generalized anxiety disorder and we're seeing the anxiety in our younger son as well so i'm sure there's something there with that you know so anyway see i'm going off tangent now <laughs> Um, it's okay, we have time. Yeah, and the, I mean, there's also the alcohol piece. I think that's an important one before the vitamins sure. because, yes, I did self-medicate. I was, um, over the years, I've been open about it. And there were several times where I'd go for four months, be dry, and then I'm like, oh, I'm fine, I can have a drink. And then it leads into every weekend. And for some reason, uh, last year, there was a lot of, 
Um, my mother-in-law became ill with pancreatic cancer and she passed away very quickly. That was very, very tough. There was grieving, but we, we, we got therapy for it, but for some reason in the summertime, and I'm not sure if it's connected or, I mean, there's always little bits of everything connected kids growing up, high school, um, renovation, like when depression starts, it's always little things all at once. And I still always started feeling, you know, a darkness creep into my brain. Like those who understand it's like this big hand and cloud that with fingers going all over in your brain. And we were trying everything running, you know, keeping on a schedule. Laundry is a big one. If I don't do laundry, that's usually an indication. So I was doing everything. Wasn't working, um, but I was on weekends, you know, having alcohol and having a lot of it. You know, Friday afternoon, I'd start getting the wine and stuff. And it's kind of embarrassing to talk about, but you want to uh, drown out the, the sadness and you feel pretty good and you do it for a couple of days and then I'm good for the week. But yeah, the, the feeling of it, it's, oh, I can't be doing this. It's not good for me. Um, but we did make appointments with the doctor and we got in <clears throat> to Toronto for end of September. But yeah, I was drinking heavily and my anxiety was starting to peak. I wouldn't go anywhere or I'd say I'd go somewhere and then just bail out. Uh, the, the heart pounding, the anxiety attacks. Um, the depression was getting worse and worse and worse. And then same with the drinking on weekends was getting worse. You just that's and it's 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 not good it's it's something i'm embarrassed about um yeah in talking with the alcoholic yeah. in the last episode the word that he kept using was shame yeah. it was a lot of shame and he he was talking about shame being the motivator itself yeah. to actually be the catalyst to making change um Carry on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna edit the little dead spot there. Yeah, no, no, that's Carry fine. On. I just wanted to. I yeah, that was interesting because it seems like you're you're sort of feeling the same way. Yeah, it was embarrassed, It and, is, and I'm open about talking to people about it. Um, now our doctor's appointment was September 25th, and we got all the diagnosis which we want, so that was relief. And I would start. We got our medicate, the first medication of Ciprolex, and you're not allowed to drink on it. And I knew then and there that was it. Because if doctors tell me that, I will, there's the OCD kicking in, then I won't drink. And I needed three professionals, and I had three professionals tell me, like the pharmacist and my home doctor, you know, they, you're not allowed to drink. And I was honest with them about it. Um, and yeah, that night I had a couple drinks. I'm like, that's the last time. And from then on in, I, I've had no issues not drinking. I mean, we went down south twice. Right. But it was one of the best things. I can't drink. I self-medicate. I have will have problems with it if I do, and it doesn't bother me with other people. I just can't. It it's but it's it's you drown out your your sorrows. And you were you were on medication already when you were drinking. No. Okay. So no, this no, is no, pre. No. This pre is pre, and that was it's like almost like the. Uh, that's it. You're you're done with drinking for the rest of your life. And right. we're aware of that. And you're still taking Ciprolex, yes. the same dosage? They increase uh, we're up it. to 20 milligrams, and I just started... It still isn't a whole lot, No, it doesn't go any higher. Oh, okay. And I'm on... We just started well... Butrin. Yeah. Um, in the mornings, and that is to help with the anxiety, because Ciprolex wasn't covering the anxiety end of it, and I've done the cognitive... And, I, you know, I know I'm supposed to be telling myself you're a good person... That, 
etc. But still, this, the other side, I'm like, okay, there's a chemical imbalance with the anxiety end of it. So I'm taking the other one and we're just, we're in it for five days. And so I've got, you know, I've got great hopes. See how this goes. It's been calling it glasses for my brain. Um, some people need them temporarily. I think I need medication for the rest of my life. Just yeah. to, Oh, I, I, yeah. I, me too. I, I can never stop taking. I, 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 I had an episode where I went away for a weekend and I forgot my meds. And I thought, oh, I'm all, it's, it's one night. It's one night. I'll be fine. And uh, when, I, I'm sure a lot of it was in my own brain anyway. It wasn't just the meds not yeah. being there, but I, I couldn't sleep. I slept for maybe about two hours. And then I was wide awake and I just kept rolling over and over and over all night. And I kept getting more jittery and jittery and jittery. And by, by the morning, I had to drive to the local, you know, the, it was yeah. Thanksgiving weekend. And it was in the middle of nowhere out the other side of London. Drove all over the place to finally find an open pharmacy. And I went in. I'm like, my name's Chris Potter. I'm bipolar. I forgot my meds at home. I need you to help me, please. And the pharmacist was fantastic. Yeah. It took about a half hour. But he put he put the meds in my hand. I took them out like a light. Because that's one of the things that the side effect of that med, which is good for me, I need that. But uh, yeah, the, 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 I now know. I mean, I, I can't even I can't even miss twelve hours. Twelve hours later, in talking to the psychiatrist afterwards, it was it was interesting in that he said it wasn't it wasn't uh, that you were getting manic. You were actually it was it was, was withdrawal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't ever want to go through that. That was terrible. I, I really hated it. Um, uh, again, tangent. That's okay. um, so um, you talked about in your youth, um, teen years. Was it teen years where it started, or was it? It was. I think I was always an anxious kid, um, but it's it's always usually in the teen years when you see anxiety start in those who have like. Puberty, um, where all your brain is just this chemical mess and you have the other chemical, you know, this other chemical mess going on in your brain, it just starts to heighten. Um, And then with peer pressure, I mean, things, things were a lot different then as things are different now. Um, But you had to do presentations, you had to talk to people. And when you see people laugh, some of it, I'm sure they were laughing amongst themselves, but when you get made fun of, or, you know, some teens grow up to be more geeky at first. And I was one of those. So yeah, there was a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, But yeah, the depression part, or you just trying to make friends or it's. So yeah, there were, Looking back, there was years of um, more in the later grades where I had the depression issues with when it comes to dating and if somebody broke up with you, you know, instead of just being bummed for a little bit, no, I would sunk right deep into yeah, sadness, even though, you know, um, college wasn't too bad, but I know the first year of college with change is a big trigger as well for me. Like college, the first year I ate a lot of food and was depressed in that sense but the next couple of year you know it just anytime there's a big change there's a depression um you'd make plans to not make plans you'd have to intentionally plan things so you didn't have to do things yeah yeah, yeah. Right, right, yeah. um or there were events that i used to love going to uh, the pete's games you know we would go all the time and but this past year or this this past season it's 
I don't want to go. And I won't, I did barely have gone. Um, thankfully my son has CrossFit Thursday night, so I'm using that excuse. So use a different excuse. Um, coming to the stigma part where there's events on, instead of saying, Hey, I'm having a really high anxiety moment. I'm not feeling good mentally. You tell them, Oh, I'm sick of a stomach flu. So who, what, what's going to be your, uh, who, what people are going to believe the stomach flu over the anxiety attack, or people will feel sorry for you or make sure you're better on a stomach flu than sure. Of course. Yeah. So yeah, there was so many times I've said, no, I'm not feeling good this weekend. I'm not going to head out. Right. Or I just, I have bailed on a couple now that they're going to hear this, but there were a couple, and I did mention it last night at the meeting, there were a couple events where I just turned around or I just found some other, oh no, I'm not feeling well this, you know, I think it's the post trip bug or something, you know, I'd make some, so I didn't have to go, but. Well, thanks for being honest. I appreciate it. So yeah, you just, so I'd tell them, no, I really had a stomach bug. And even though these are women I can probably trust. So you still have that fear. Of what, what are people going to say when you say you have an anxiety attack? Yeah, I, I find it fascinating that, that that is such a concern for you based on how out you are yes. about your mental health challenges. Yeah. I mean, you, you're not afraid to talk about it no. at all online, no. in person. No. I mean, you and I had a conversation at a gas station about, about this. I don't know if you remember that, but you, you and I, ran, we ran into each other at the, at the, at the gas station out the corner and you and I ended up having this 20 minute conversation yeah. about mental health stuff. So I know you're not shy about it. I, I find it, I find it uh, um, fascinating that you are still yes. restricting yourself in certain situations, yeah. even though it would make it perfect, make it would make total sense for you to say to somebody. somebody. Yeah. But it, it doesn't make sense. And I keep telling people that too. It, it just doesn't make sense. Some of these things don't make sense. You see me at the gym, I'm bouncing all over the place, put me in a different situation or new areas, new places, you know, the polar jump, you know, I'm dressed up. And then there's this other situation where I'm absolutely stressed out and my heart's pounding and it's like, I want to go home now. Mm. Um, I mean, there are, you know, I can public speak now 10 years ago. I wouldn't be able to, it was a slow progress to get, getting myself that way. But yeah, no, and, and I'm just standing there at Costco. Yeah. It drives me nuts. But in September, October, when the anxiety was super high, I wanted to stand there and cry. But I had to make myself go, or it gets worse. So this anxiety—it's it, always been there, but yes. now it's now it's at a—it's it's peaking. It, it was it was, it was peaking. peaking, and I think it was. Yeah, it was, it was peaking this time, and it was peaking the same time as uh, the depression. So it. it but I, you know, when I didn't, it's always been there. When I didn't have anything to worry about, I'd worry about something. Worrying about not worrying. Sure. I mean, I worried about... The worst thing that ever happened to me never happened to me. Yeah. Especially at school on a Friday, if somebody tells me I'm going to beat you up on Monday. Even Mm -hmm. though, like, as a kid, you're just like, oh my God, it stressed me at the whole weekend. And then, of course, they're not going to beat you up. There's just something they said. But yeah, it was just stuff like that or tests or, you know, I'm going to fail this test or... You know, what are my report card? Even though I was a straight A student, I would panic that I wouldn't get good grades. Um, I was worried about the, in grade two, I was worried about the dinosaurs and what they must have felt. (laughs) (laughs) The meteor hit. I was so sad that whole unit. 
and it was not normal. Oh, that's, um, that's funny. And uh, I, but my oldest son, he went through the same thing. So wow. I see a lot of his worrying and an anxiety in him. So yeah, yeah, was... we we experience that here too in, in our house. Yeah, definitely. There's there's anxiety challenges. Um, his his started with a a, um, a recognition when he was about six years old. A recognition that we're all going to die. Yeah, that and was. He, he went through just a, a, a. I I will never forget the crying, screaming, freaking out. Go on the internet, yeah. find an answer. You need to find out yeah. how we can stop ourselves from dying. Yeah. At six. Yep. Oh. I... And then you can't explain anything. There's nothing you can't. Yeah. There's... I went through that. Cool. Um, but I mean, I couldn't talk to my family about that. But deep inside, if you had nobody to talk to, you're battling it. And yeah, with, yeah, I remember I did that too. And yeah, with Quinn, it was, well, Asperger's was, it was different, but the anxiety and the worry, and it's always called morbid. But you see him worrying about his grades. Like he was stressed out. We went away in January and he's got exams and that's, do we have Wi-Fi? You time that trip properly. I don't want to go on, you know, I mean, but everything worked out, but I can see the stress and the worry and you didn't, you said things, you had to let it go, but there, you didn't know exactly how to support him, but yeah, he got through it. Like I helped him out with one of his um, essays he had to write and he wrote it on the plane. I put some tips down and encouraged, a lot of encouragement and he did it and then he was proud of it and he said, thank you. But yeah, it's trying to find how to teach them not the anxiety piece, how to, to cope. And he's doing well. Um, our younger son, um, if you put him in a strange environment, I've had him out for many where we, we like, for example, we sold, and it's it's online, um, the daffodils or and the pins for Canadian Cancer Society. I would, because of the connection with the cancer, with our family, um, So, we, but I do want the kids to experience volunteering, but one of it is is also the anxiety piece of it. And he would hide in the corner and he didn't want to do it for the first hour and a half because the anxiety was so brutal for him. And I knew that I didn't make him sell anything, but eventually he came out and started doing it. Good. So, cause if you don't teach them now and you have, and he had me there as a safety person and it's tough to see the little guy, the first thing I want to do is no, you can go home, but can't do that either. But he's, you know, he will eventually come around, um, teaching, the anxiety piece and do they suffer any stigma issues because I, I know the kids today are so well versed and they're 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 well trained and they're well educated on on dealing but there's still there still is with some children are getting bullied um fortunately ours are not um especially Quinn we were worried about it but with his dry sense of humor and other stuff, it's sounding like he's getting along with everybody. Um, but speaking on the stigma with young kids, we um, we don't go downtown that much anymore. The kids are older. They don't want to hang out with me and is one. But when we do head downtown, you do unfortunately see the people who need um, help for their mental health. You see them talking and, you know, doing odd things. Unfortunately, I... I have no answers how to help some of the people, but one thing I do tell the kids is when they do see somebody like that on this road or somebody talking to their, you know, there's probably nothing you can do, but the first thing you, 
got to do is you got to remember these people need help. Don't judge them. Um, maybe call, not necessarily the cops or something, but somebody is like, look, there's somebody out that needs crisis. Yeah. Um, but don't judge these people or same with people with special needs being involved in the past with special needs hockey, you know, teaching them like when we go to races, you see a wheelchair, somebody in a wheelchair attempting a tough course, you know, I've got, they're learning a lot about, um, you know, not judging and yeah, it's hard not to because we all, like I still do it. So that's, I think, one of the most important things that the, this generation needs to do. One of the, one of the uh, senior people around our family had suggested quite early that all Cameron needed was a, a good beating. Yeah, I've heard that from, yeah. the, from that particular generation. Yeah. yeah. Or I'm it, the bad parent. Right. And, and, and you know, I, I've, I've talked about this, I talked about this in sort of the introduction episode. My, my father, when he uh, when he went through his his uh, diagnosis and, and everything that he went through and he just, he just refused. There's yeah. just no way I'm going to accept the fact that I'm mentally ill. Yeah. That's not okay because everybody's going to yeah, think I'm crazy. Yeah. But he was doing crazy things. I mean, I, I, I'm not throwing that word around lightly and I know in mental health, we don't use the yeah. word crazy, but some of the things you, he was, yeah. I, mean, I don't know what to use. There's anymore. no other, there's no other word that we can yeah. use in that situation. He, one of my, one of my favorite things that he wanted to do, I thought it was, it was looking back, it was really brilliant. Um, he, he, uh, he was a truck driver and a bus driver and he uh, was never going to be a wealthy man, but he was a car fan okay. and he, he wanted some car. He wanted, he wanted a Ferrari. So grow, growing up in Uxbridge, uh, you know, which of course is you know, 45 I mean, minutes yeah, from Peterborough. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's Canadian winter and Canadian summer and it's Uxbridge is this very typical Canadian. Um, he was convinced that he could call the Ferrari people okay. and have them build a factory in Uxbridge because that would be a good idea to build a factory. And for this great idea, they're going to give him a Ferrari. <laughs> That's, I love it. Uh, I, I, you know, it's funny. I, I have a lot of similar traits to my father. And I often, I mean, I'm an entrepreneur. I can't, I'm unemployable. I can't work for people. Yeah. Um, so I've always been out doing and starting my own businesses or, or whatever. Oh, hey, that's a great idea. Let's chase that yeah, down. Yeah. This podcast alone. I mean, this was four days ago. I thought, hey, that's you know, good. really, really need to start doing that. Because yes, I've talked do. about it for a while. And, and here we are doing it. So, um uh, you know, praise the bipolar for for that. That uh, there are benefits. To there, there, there are definitely are huge benefits. Benefits, um, and that's one of the things I'm very. Th- I know it's weird to say about mental illness and other. You know, like my oldest son with Asperger's. I mean, he's a brilliant kid. There's a lot of things he can do with it. Uh, my younger son with ADHD. He's very empathetic. He's very very caring. He thinks about others. It, it's his ADHD meds take the edge off. Um, he's very huggy and I mean, love it. And then same with my daughter. She's very creative, but she's very smart in other areas. And those two have no, when they do sports, they can excel at it if they wanted to, but they're not competitive. They just do it for fun. I'm like, what are you doing? You could get like a first place thing. And they're not, they're not, look at the butterflies and that's, you know, and, um, so there what are benefits. What, what, are the, what are the benefits? benefits? Specific, specific benefits. It, it opens up. I'm not, I'm not perfect. I still judge people. I still, you know, hold grudges and all that. You know, I'm a human being for one, but you do, but you 
do learn not to judge. And, or if somebody's having a bad day, I've learned to, okay, they're not mad at me. You know, five years ago, I think the world's mad at me or something. But you, you learn to give people many, many chances because you don't know what's going on in their life. Um, so I've learned a lot of that. Um, I don't, I don't know what else. Like, I think that's the big one is you learn not to judge as much. Um, that's, or if there's somebody that does have a, you just see the person more. I like, it's, I can't, it's hard to explain. It's almost, uh, like a, a new pair of glasses. Yeah. You, 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 yeah. you can see things that you, other people can't see. Yeah. Sure. Um, but at the same time, you know, I went to an event and it was September. It was phenomenal. It was talking about mental health and it was free to anybody and pretty much anybody went, um, people like myself, people in, working for organizations and then people off the street with obvious mental health conditions. And then there was an individual that got up several times, definitely having a lot of drinks and you can tell she deep down inside that person is a nice person, but there's some serious problems and they kept interrupting. And the first things that came to my mind was, well, somebody get this person out of here. They're interrupting this conversation. But and I think on the everybody else's faces, you know, I've, a lot of people are thinking the same thing. I'm like, this is why we need to have more conversation because sure. the stigma is still there. I'm sure. still doing it. Sure, I do too. So there needs to definitely needs to be more conversation, but you have to include everybody, not just the ones that are comfortable talking it. Or if there's a big, big event about mental health, it's it, it's not the corporations. You need to invite the people who work, who are in the shelters and needing help have them feel welcome i think a lot of people need to welcome them more yeah there's a lot of barriers there's a lot of barriers in place just to get help there's a lot of barriers in place to get access to funds there's a lot of barriers in place and so much of it has to do with you know charitable tax deductions and you know this this is to my benefit i'll do it and you might get a little bit of benefit out of it and i'm that that's one of the things that i i'm railing on is is that particular media company raising money and it's nothing but marketing it, it is it nothing but crazy it's nothing but marketing but also you know my thing was it was a, i was able to flood my social media feed and not worry too much about you know trolls or i'm sure it drove people nuts see there's another one um <laughs> Wait, but are it, we we're allowed to say it though, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know but um it but I felt more safe doing it on that day. Um, but there's also World Mental Health Day where I posted something every day of the week. Right. I didn't see other people do it. Right. Um, there's the Suicide Prevention Day, which has become more known. Um, but the World, the Mental Health Week is in October, first yeah. week of October. Right. I wrote something every day, but I'm trying to cover, you know, the caregivers. There's so many other disorders, schizophrenia, that, and then there's the disassociative uh, personality. It used to be like the people with the two personalities Multiple but personality, yeah. yeah and i'm really learning a lot about yes disorders. yeah learning about a lot of these disorders that are extremely challenging to even um i don't want to say medicate but to help these people like that's a very very tough one to get help for these people what works for them so that they have a, a good 
healthy lifestyle. Um, There's, you know, you've got the bipolar and then there's other, the narcissistic personality disorder is kind of has a bit of a background, which I'm not touching on today. But there's so many really, really scary mental illnesses out there that. I, I think that I suffered narcissistic personality disorder through my teens and my 20s. Um, based on the way relationships went and based on the way I was treating people. But I was also coming from a place where my understanding of what a relationship was was based on the way my father treated my mother. So as far as I knew, the modeling that I was given was, oh, I need to be loud and abrasive and threatening and intimidating in order to get people to do what I want. Because obviously that's how it works because it worked for him for so long. And she finally had had enough at one point. I think I was, I think I was 15, 16, maybe 17, somewhere in there. I don't, I don't remember specifically where they finally, that was it. It was done. She'd had enough and she'd forget it. I can't do this anymore. And they finally split and, you know, uh, it was the best thing she could have done. Um, She probably should have done it many, many years before, but we all have that incredibly clear hindsight on all the things that we should have done and didn't do but that 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 was the basis of my understanding of how relationships worked so yeah there's yeah there's always this past for some of these um even though for the audience out there the the split personality disorder there's always something a childhood trauma that causes it and you know i suggest to people read up on a lot of these as much as he can, or yeah, there's a lot of social media. There's a lot of people on Twitter, for example, who with these challenges and they're so open about it. And I've learned, you know, big, big time on what these people are going through and through their blogs and stuff. Cause I, mental health is massive. Um, sure. <clears throat> it's just as important as physical health. Um, and then same with uh, men and stigma coming out. That I'm reading a lot about that, how it's hard for men asking it's them. It's, it's terrified to be weak. It, it, but my our oldest son, when we went through the grief process with, uh, well, his grandma, um, I said, do you want to talk to somebody? And he said, yes. And he went to talk to somebody and that helped him a lot. But so we're definitely getting the kids to talk a lot. And he says, you know, the wintertime, he's got a bit of SAD or if he ever needs to talk to anybody that's not us, um, we definitely were very open with the medication well, that's out there. Um, I have asked the kids if they ever want me to come into their school, talk to their class about mental health. And they're like, no. <laughs> and you're asking, why don't you want to talk? No. It's a, so I'm wondering if they're a little bit nervous having a mom come in talking about their mental illness or. We, we, had a, we had a situation um, where he had had an outburst in a drama class and it was it was a significant event and uh, he had felt slighted that these kids were laughing at him but we don't know if they were laughing at him or laughing at something completely different but he took it personally Um, and part of the resolution of that was for him to talk about ASD and have uh, there was support people there to to lead the conversation but he was and they went in front of all the kids in the class in that particular class to talk about autism and what does it look what does it look like and uh i think i think here in peterborough specifically we're incredibly fortunate with the supports that we have there needs to be supports like this everywhere yeah up north and 
up north in the indigenous. Yeah. I'm reading about that too. And it's just, oh my God. Yeah. So hopefully we, in doing things like this, are able to put more out there for people to hear. Um, I've had great feedback so far just from the, you know, the, two two quick little episodes that we've done um and and i'm happy with where it's going so what i'm going to do now is i'm going to wrap up we'll call this part one because i think we've got so much more to talk about but i want to get a bottle of water um so this is uh this is we're talking uh thanks for listening this is the uh second episode no third episode third episode and we'll call it third episode part one with eileen um if you're in crisis and you need help talk to someone you can text home to 686868 and a crisis responder will get back to you as quickly as they can once again you can contact a crisis responder by texting home to 686868 i'm chris potter and 